Blog Talk Radio. You remind me of something. I just can't think of what it is. You remind me of my Older sister 
is a writer and has her uh, master's in journalism. And my father actually has more books out than I do, but his books are theological and philosophy. And a lot of his books he uses textbooks. So, you know, from an early age, I think it was already in my blood. Okay. Wow. So um, how has the so, – so do you feel like it was already – in you, or it was pretty much just the genes, or you 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 enjoyed writing, though. Well, you know, just like most writers who are who I believe are good writers, I started out with a love of books. I grew up in a house with thousands of books, and my mother had me take. Uh, my mother's a retired school teacher, and she had me take speed reading when I was in third grade. And by the sixth grade, I was literally reading a book a day, and I don't mean small books; I mean like three hundred page books. So I write because I love books. And so it was just like a natural progression. I started out as a book lover, which I still am. I still read every single day. And that's something I hear a lot of writers say they don't really read because they're too busy writing. And I actually don't understand that, but, you know, teach his own. (laughs) So you're you're actually able to juggle both, writing and reading. Now, that's awesome. I think I struggle with that. Well, yeah, because I publish. I also publish three to six books every month, so I have to read. But outside of those books and doing acquisitions and everything for my imprint, I also do a lot of leisurely reading. I just love books. Wow. That's that's amazing. That is amazing. Hey, this is Mario. Hi, Mario. (laughs) How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great in yourself. Okay, um, for the listeners who pretty much know who you are, uh, what, out of all the books that you wrote, which one is your favorite? Like, which one that you can just go back to, into your files and say, that was it, that was the one that I put so much into, that's the one that beat me up some nights, that's the one that, uh, my legacy one, that's the one I love the most. Which one of those books would be that book? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. Um I generally always say that my favorite book is whichever one I'm currently writing, which is true for the most part because that's the one that I'm most into at the time. Um, If I had to pick one of my past books, that's really tough for me. I I would probably, it would probably be a toss-up between um, Afterburn and Total Eclipse of the Heart. But I really can't pick a favorite because my books are written, I'm in a certain place in my life in a certain frame of mind when I write these books, and like everyone else, my life changes, and I change. And so it's always where the current mood that I'm in. You know, so those were what, that's what was on my mind when I wrote those particular books. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that, that's, that's actually what I was looking for. And I also want to know, like, like you been, to me, to me you're an icon of writing. That's just me. I'm sorry I'm going to say it. You know, to me, that's you are the icon of writing. Like, do you have anybody that you look up to as a writer? Well, I can't say that there's one person that I look up to as a writer. I think that there are different writers that I admire certain things that they do with their writing. But I can't say that there's one particular person. Well, you know, I take that back. If I had to pick one that I know that I could never write like, it would actually be an author that I published named D.V. Bernard. Now, him, I do look up to his writing. That one I have to admit. <laughs> He's just, to me, on a totally different level 
um, that I could ever possibly do. Wow. That's that's a lot. Hi, Zane. It's Dee. How are you? I'm fine, and you? Great. My question, which probably is a burning question for a lot of people that admire your work, um, where do you get your inspiration? Where do you get your ideas for the the awesome work that you put out? I'm one of those people that's very observant, and I, of course, have, you know, a real life with family and friends and um, relationships and all that kind of stuff. Um, whatever book that I write is something that I see going on around me or maybe something I've been through or I'm going through. It just really depends. You know, some books are fun books to me. Other ones are more serious topics to me. Um, like when I wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, I really wanted to write a really great love story. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show that a lot of people are in toxic relationships that they just refuse to let go of. And I see a lot of people do that. And I've been there in the past part sometimes when you know that you're in the wrong place, but you really care about the person. I think that, and what I wanted to show with that book was, I really believe that most of the people in the world are good people, but I do believe that there are people that can get together and be bad for each other. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Everybody with that. doesn't have the same definition of love or what it takes to love someone or what it takes to be in a relationship. And I think that's the reason a lot of relationships do fail. And it's not because either person is a bad person, it's that these two people get into a relationship that is not a right fit for them and they end up becoming people they don't really want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's true. Now, how did you make the transition from the writing and putting your work on paper to seeing it um, on the screen, seeing it, you know, how did that transition come about, and did you ever see that in the beginning? I kind of assumed it would happen sooner or later. Um, Everything that's happened to me has been very, very strange because I've never gone out and actually sought out any kind of film or television deal. What actually happened is that um, HBO, who owns Cinemax, had decided they wanted to do a urban erotica series that they had never done one before. And someone said, well, you should be vain. And then, you know, the head of Cinemax read the Sex Chronicles, and then they called me in there. They had already made up their mind before I walked in the door. The only thing that changed was instead of being, you know, based on the short stories, once they met me, they decided that they wanted it to be more based on my life with the short stories taking a second, like a backseat to my life story. So Zane's Sex Chronicles is actually very loosely based on my real life. I would say the character on the show is probably about 85% accurate of who I really am. Okay. And um, so that's how they came about. And I have a new series, Zane's The Jump Off, that I actually just finished post-production of on Monday. Um, that's mm-hmm. going to air early in 2013. And this time, it's about five men who are fraternity brothers mm-hmm. and h- about how men love and how they bond with each other and their relationships and ups and downs and their careers and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Now, do you take, like, do you have um, a tendency where people may send you ideas or suggestions that you know, you may think of or consider using, or do you kind of stay away from there? 
Mm-hmm. You mean as far as my my stuff? Yes, as far as the sex chronicles. Oh no, I write I write one hundred percent of my script. Okay. Um, with the new show, the jump off. You know, Cinemax came back to me and said because I decided I didn't want to do another series of Zane sex another season. I'm sorry, of Zane sex chronicles. A lot of people in the misconception that was pulled off the air. That didn't happen. I actually am the number one show in Cinemax mm-hmm. history. Um, mm-hmm. I decided because it was so based closely on my life that I didn't want to do it again. Um, I didn't want to reveal any more about myself, and I didn't want to write my character out of out of who my true character is. So they mm-hmm. came back and said, well, what do you want to do this time? And I decided, you know, to do a male-based show, but, no, I come up with 100% of everything, the characters, the storylines, the scripts. I executive produce it, do casting, do everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I and I enjoy it. It's fine. Now, do you do you get a chance to um, pick the characters or the people that play the characters, or uh, yes. like you have creative control? Okay, okay, great. Yeah, and you have like a, <laughs> a movie in the works, like we see from the television screen to the silver screen. Yes, actually, Lionsgate just made an announcement a few days ago um, that they've hired Rosemary Rodriguez, which I already knew about, of course, to direct Addicted. And Addicted actually was supposed to start shooting in January, February this year, but it's been pushed back to late spring, early summer, but it will definitely be shooting this year. And in addition to that, um, I'm planning on doing a couple of independent films this year, one based on another one of my books, um, which I'm touring right now between which one it's going to be. And then um, I'm, I also write scripts for other ideas and other people. And I just like to write, so I have a few things in the works <laughs> as far as movies. And also other television shows as well. Okay. Um, well, I have a, I have a strong question. And I know you hear mm-hmm. this all the time. I know you're gonna you're gonna say Mario, why are you asking this question? But <laughs> how did your family feel about your writing style and what and the, some of the things you did write? Because I know you said your mom was a school teacher. You know how mm-hmm. how, did, how did your family take take like take that in? Like oh wow, look what she just wrote. You know what I mean? I'm fine. You know, um, I my parents have no issue with anything that I write. My mother jokes about it sometimes, um, but it's really joking. And um, they just don't have – my parents, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. My parents actually raised me and my siblings to um, embrace life and to be independent and to do whatever it was that we were passionate about in life. And I do much the same with my children. And so they have never tried to construct our lives or tell us what to do. The only thing they've ever been concerned about is us being content and happy and, you know, passionate about whatever it is that we try to do, we set out to do and to do the best that we can. So they don't have, um, you know, any issue with it. I actually give my parents the first copy of every one of my books, and they have them, you know, in the case. So <laughs> they're fine with it. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. This is really, um, again, an honor to have you on our show. And I have a few questions of my own, but we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back.
Good evening, and we are back. This is Black Writers Space, and tonight I am your host, Ms. Mocha, and I have Mario and DeAndrea with me. Um, tonight our guest is best-selling author Zane. Zane, I have a few questions myself um, concerning okay. um, how would you advise someone who's writing a memoir about their life? Actually, that's what I'm writing. But how would you advise mm-hmm. to turn that into fiction as far as the characters and, and then even spicing it up a bit where you're not totally taking it out of content of what the truth was but just kind of spicing it up a bit to give it a twist? So you are writing about your real life loosely but want to write it as fiction? Yes, because I need to change names and all that type of stuff. So I have no idea how to do it. I have an idea, but... Um, not to well, let me start by saying what I always tell people when they want to write a memoir, and then I'll get to the fiction part. I always tell people when they want to write a memoir to or write about their life to um, break their life down into chapters, things that they feel like have molded them as a person, different situations, different people, whether it be good or bad. And those kind of tend to become the chapters of your life. What are those significant things that really made you who you are? Now, as far as turning that into fiction, like you alluded to, you would simply change some of it around, um, make it so it's not obvious that who the people are, and um, just really go with the flow. There's really not a magic pill to writing. I, of course, get asked every day, how do I write a book? And while there's some things that can be done as far as structure and that kind of stuff, for the most part, everybody has a different writing style and a different way that they write. Some people write some outlines, some don't. Some um, write longhand, some type, some use a regular, some type on a computer, some type on a um, regular typewriter. Believe it or not, I actually have a typewriter. <laughs> um, so you really just have to find what works for you. Okay. okay. Thank you. And my second question is, how do you? What is your take on the ebook trend now? Now that we have all the ebook stuff going on with Kindle, how do you? How how do you accept? Do you? Are you? Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that it takes away from the um, literary scene, or do you think it just adds to? Well, how do you feel about that? I personally don't like ebooks. I refuse to read ebooks. I like to hold a book, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. You know, particularly, I guess, for me, because I read so much on the computer with my office manuscripts and all that kind of stuff. I just can't imagine me reading, actually sitting down and reading an actual ebook. I love books. Like I said, I grew up in a house full of books, and I have probably, all together, I probably have a total of at least somewhere between 12,000 and 13,000 books of my own. And um, so I'm a huge book collector. Um, for me, it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> um, I, I guess that maybe if it's getting some younger people to read, maybe it's a good thing to go in a digital age. But honestly, most of the people that I personally know still read books. They still like to read a book. You know, and it's sad because even when you go, like it used to be when people would travel, be on the subway or a plane, 
you know, somebody would see somebody reading a book and say, oh, is that a good book, that kind of stuff. With the Kindle and all that kind of stuff, and all of that is gone. All of that people seeing what someone's reading, you know, type of thing. I, I just don't like them myself. Okay. Wow, 13,000 books. And you know what? I feel bad sometimes when I go in a bookstore because it's like, oh, I want this one. If I could take the whole bookshelf home with me, I would. But it's, mm-hmm. and I kind of bad because I would be like, no, why am I reading that book and I need to be working on mine? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I have two questions, two little short, sweet questions for you. Uh, how long do how long would you consider yourself to continue to write? And the second question would be, how would you want your legacy to be remembered? Well, I don't have any intention of stopping writing. My next, um, whew, I don't even know how many of my next books are already in the works. Um, I actually just signed contracts for new books today. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not, my writing career is not going anywhere anytime soon because that's what I love to do. That is my core. That is my true passion. Um, I will always write. I will always publish. Um, as far as my legacy, my big thing is, and I never in the beginning really intended on putting a book out. That's something another thing people don't know about me. I write what I write, A, because I love it, and B, I feel like my bigger purpose in life is to empower and liberate women overall. So if I had to say I wanted a legacy, that would be what that legacy would be. I'm finally actually going to start my nonprofit for my senior group. We have a senior group online with about 7,000 members that I started about seven months ago called You'll Never Stand Alone. And what a lot of people don't realize about me is that I spend a lot of my time working with women, not only with advice that I've been giving since 1997, but also actual events and doing things for women. Um, And like I have a speech coming up soon for low-income and underprivileged women. This is my second year in a row that I've actually done this, and believe it or not, it's held at a church. <laughs> so um, that, would, that, to me, would be the legacy that I would want people to remember me for. That's awesome. Now, okay. my question, this is D again, but my question is, what is it about you that your fans would be surprised to know? If it was something that just, I mean, because you said your chronicles are based off of you and your life 85%. Mm-hmm. So if there was one thing or something that you, you know, would want your fans to know about you that probably would surprise them, what would it be? <laughs> well, it's funny because I can't even think of anything. Um Yeah, it's funny because I really don't have any, like, secrets or anything or anything like that. Um, I don't know, honestly. I really can't think of one single thing <laughs> that I would want somebody to know that really I actually haven't probably said before or anything like that. I mean, I'm normal. I'm a normal woman who just happens to love to write, who happens to not have any hang-ups when it comes to saying anything about anything. And um, there's really not anything that I don't think the people know already. Okay, an open book. We like that. Now, we we spoke with, we interviewed Charles Chatton last 
week, I believe it was, and he mentioned you on one thing, one way he described you was he said, she looks like a librarian. Nobody would really know that that was her. <laughs> and he said that mm-hmm. you got, um, you know, mad and, you know, thinking about partnering on another book or on, on a book. And my question I'm sorry, is, I, can, I can hear you for a second. He said the men what? Have you written in or that you're going to write about? That is different from what you do now. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the total question. I apologize. Hello? I'm sorry. Yes. I didn't hear the total question. Could you repeat it? Uh, sure. I said, what other genres are you interested in, and um, or that you may partner with someone in that's different from what you do now? Well, you know, it's funny because people make the assumption that I write in one genre, and I actually don't, <laughs> even now. Um, some of my books I would consider erotica. Some I would consider contemporary romances. Some I would consider um, psychological thrillers, that kind of stuff. So I actually, it, at least I know I don't write um, in one genre. And the book that I won the NAACP Image Award for actually has absolutely nothing to do with sex. It was on domestic abuse, and in particular, the effect it has on children in that in those relationships. And that's called breaking the cycle. And I guess one thing maybe a lot of people don't know about me is um, some do, some don't. But I was actually a um, subject in HBO's documentary The Blacklist, and. Um, my portrait is actually hanging in the Smithsonian <laughs> at the National Portrait Gallery. I'm mm-hmm. right between, who am I right between over there? I'm right between Puffy and Slash from Guns N' Roses. But it's a mm-hmm. wonderful exhibit with Colin Powell and Lou Gossett Jr. and Deborah Lee from BET and Chris Rock and, you know, a whole lot of other people. But it was really an honor uh, to be included in that. And that had nothing to do with, um, writing about sex or anything like that. And I think that's the biggest, you know, misconception about me is that that's what people actually think that I that that's my main career when it really isn't. <laughs> you know, um, in addition to me publishing every single genre underneath the sun as well. Um, will I go wide and do like science fiction? No, um, mystery definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I do write under different genres. And that's one reason, like, even with some of the scripts that I write now, I don't even write them under the Zane because people have that, you know, that whole connection kind of thing. And I yeah. just like to write. And I don't want people to really expect that, you know, that's what something is going to be about because I'm attached to it because that's, cause that's far from the case. <laughs> <laughs> now, people, when people see you or meet you, is there anything that, that because you're right, your name is synonymous with with erotica. Is there, mm-hmm. you know, are there any cheesy lines that they give you, or you know, corny things that they say that you can tell the listeners? You said, is there anything that like readers say to me? Yeah, like when they meet you, um, you know, like, hey, can I audition for your next film? Or I mean, is it something? Well, yeah, I get that a lot of that. Of course, I get. Um, a lot of people want me to publish their books. Um, I mean, I actually have women fall into my arms crying sometimes. Mm. I um, 
has men revealed a lot of different, you know, really personal things to me. Um, a lot of people act like they're, I don't know if this is the word is in awe or in fear or whatever, or shock when they meet me, but I get that a lot, you know, or I feel like I'm a puppet on display or something. You know, somebody walks at the store and I'm sitting there and like, yeah, it's really her. She looks just like her picture. <laughs> you know, instead of talking to me, they're like, you know, on the phone, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Okay, all right. Okay, we're going to um, take a little short break, and then uh, we'll continue when we get back. Evening, and we are back. This is Black Rider Space. I'm your host, Miss Mocha. I have Mario and DeAndrea with me tonight, and our host—I'm I'm sorry, our guest—is um, Zane. Um, Zane, I have a question concerning mm-hmm. new authors and aspiring authors. What advice would you give um, a new author who either just published their book or someone who—you know—you have people say all the time. Oh, I want to be an aspiring writer. I, I aspire to be a writer instead of just doing it. But what advice would you give? Well, it depends. Are you talking about somebody who is wants to write a book, or somebody who's written one and is now looking for a publishing deal? Well, someone who's written one and someone mm-hmm. who wants to write one, because I know it's a lot of people who want to, and they think it costs so much money and it's so difficult and it's such something that's like untouchable, then you have the person who has written their book, has published it, but they're looking to um, get signed by maybe a a major publishing company. What advice would you give them, seeing the field? Well, for the people who, 
Okay, well, for the people who want to write a book, they have to sit down and write it. <laughs> I mean, nobody else can do that for them. As much, like as much as many staff members and stuff as I have, and and here in Maryland and in New York City and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to my actual books, is me and my computer. Nobody else has, you know, anything else to do with it. And it's the same thing with them. They have to etch out time in their schedule, set themselves a deadline, and just make it happen and make it a daily habit if possible to start writing. But I think that too many people put the cart before the horse. I think that, and I'm not saying all, but I I do know that a lot of people start thinking about getting a publishing deal or how much money they can make and all that kind of stuff before they've even written the book. And here's the thing, most agents and publishers are not going to entertain a book by a first-time author that's not complete because a ton of people every single year say they're going to write a book, start books, and never finish them. Even seasoned authors have trouble completing their books sometimes. So, I mean, the first thing is to actually have an actual book, to write it and then to go back and read it with fresh eyes Stephen King said it best in his book on writing. I love what he said. He said he writes a book, and then he his agent doesn't even know anything about the book or anything, and he he puts it away, he prints it out and puts it away in his desk drawer for a whole year. And then he goes back and he reads it again with fresh eyes. I don't go to that extent, but I do something very similar. I will put a book aside for sometimes years and then go back and read it and then finish it or decide what I want to change about it. I did that with Afterburn, for example. Afterburn, I wrote the first half of Afterburn about three years prior to me actually going back and finishing the book because I didn't really know what I wanted to happen. And once I figured that out, then I went back and I picked it up again and I finished writing it. Um, I think that people just need to find their 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 format for writing. Some people you know, write the same time every day. Some people like myself, like I write sporadically. I go, I can go months without writing anything, and then all of a sudden I get totally on my grind and I'll turn out a bunch of scripts and books, and then I won't do anything for months. I lay dormant, <laughs> so to speak. For someone who already is published and is looking for a publishing deal, you know, there's some catch-22s to that whole thing because if you self-publish and a book does not do that well, then the publisher will tend to believe that it's not going to do well if they pick it up. Of course, if it does well, then publishers are more interested. But I think the times have really changed. I don't think the publishers are so much looking. There was a there was a time in like the early 2000s where there was like this crazy thing in the industry where all these authors, all these publishing houses were picking up all these self-published books. You know, they had done my well and that kind of stuff and just taking chances on them. Those days, to be honest with you, are pretty much over. Even with a lot of seasoned authors now, if their sales are not up to par, they don't even get their contracts renewed. So the industry has really changed a lot. So what I'm basically saying is people need to decide why it is that they want to be a writer because if it's for the fame and success and money, that's really not the reason to do it. And that's actually not the reason that I do it. I agree. I totally agree with that. There has to be, it has to be your passion. I definitely agree with that. I do think mm-hmm. I agree with 
estate, people think about, oh, I'm going to get this big publishing deal and it's going to be just instant, instant, and I'm going to, no, that's not how it works. So I totally agree with that. Mario, do we have anything in the champagne room tonight? Actually, I have one email, one email, and Zane, uh, you're new to our show, and some of the listeners are new to the show. The champagne room is a just an email portion of the uh, show where mm-hmm. people who don't want to mm-hmm. call in, they send up emails with a question so we can ask for them on their behalf. So I do have a question from Tasha, actually from Chicago, and she have a question saying, do you have anything specific that you want to say to your reader? Is there is anything that specific I want to say? That anything? I love and appreciate. Yeah, I love and appreciate all my readers, and I'm so glad that they are taking this journey with me and can appreciate the things that I do write about in my book because I know my true readers understand that while You know, I'm a writer who's a very detailed writer, even when it comes to sex, but my books have a much deeper purpose to them. Like every single book that I've ever written, every novel has a deeply rooted theme that is about something much, much more important than sex. It just so happens that the people in my books also, they're human beings, so they have sex. (laughs) Oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) That's really. I am so glad you said that. Go ahead, Mario. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying that uh, a lot of uh, people inbox me today, and everybody want to know about Zane and sex, sex and Zane. I'm like, look, call in. I'm not asking no questions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to ask a question, because I'm going to ask anyway, the motivation behind your your novels that do deal with sex sex or sexual thing, where does that come from? Well, um, the only novel that I could say that really deals with a sexual thing would be my APF novels. Um, And those stem from a short story that I wrote in the original Sex Chronicles, the APF novels. But then again, yeah, there's a lot of sex in there, but that's not really what the story is about. (laughs) Um, so, but those are, that, that is really the only novel that I would say is a sex novel. Addicted is about a woman who was sexually abused as a child and has a lot of issues stemming from behind it, which is the case with a ton of women around the world. Um, Nervous deals with incest and the effects that that has on people. Um, Shame on it all is really more about sisterhood and their bond with their friends and that kind of stuff, and it is about the sex. Um, so really, I mean, if I had to say I have a sex novel, the only one that I would even call that would be APF, and again, that's really not the purpose, at least not my purpose. The first one um, was about a young lady who lived in the country. She was the daughter of a farmer, and she went to law school in D.C. and got a whole culture shock. Um, the second one was about what happens when a man is scorned instead of a woman. But, um, yeah, so my so-called sex books, the reason behind them is the same reason behind my other books. I have a purpose behind it when I write it. <laughs> we uh, have a caller that wants to come on air, so I'm going to bring them on. 
Hi. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello. Is this Miss Queen Zane? <laughs> yes, it is. How you doing, lady? This is Curtis Alcott. <laughs> this is Mr. Hi. 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 How are you? It's actually one of my authors. <laughs> <laughs> I was when she, Miss Smoker told me she was gonna have you. I, I my knees started to buckle. I said, "Boy, let me come on here in front of the world and say thank you so much <laughs> for welcoming me into the Streber family." And uh, I'm just as all as everybody else that's communicated with you and and, and the whole bit. I still find <laughs> butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> Even oh, though I, I shook hands with you in Sacramento and all that good stuff, I. I mean, I, I'm still in awe, not just because you're an author, but because of the, the entrepreneur, the, the, your value system, your, your, your structure for writing, your business acumen, all that is just, it's what I aspire for. And so, I mean, it got so many things I would like to say, but no time is, is, is limited, but the, the main thing was to, to thank you and, and to say all those things. Also, my own curiosity, I want to know, what do you do for recreation? Besides writing and the whole bit, what do you do to, to get away from there every day? You go fishing, golf, ski, shooting, you skydive? What do you do <laughs> no, for that's my son. <laughs> that's actually my oldest son does all that. No, I um, I love cultural things. You know, like most writers, I'm very creative. So I love art. I love mm-hmm. music. I go to a lot of plays, a lot of... I got to to go see Fila last week, the um, Broadway play that came to D.C. that's produced by Jay-Z and Will and, Tink, uh, Will and Jada Pinkett Oh, okay. Um, I go to a ton of museums. I spend a lot of time with my kids. I go to the movies. I'm going to go to the movies today. I go see a lot of movies. And uh, I go to the gym. And uh, oh, okay. believe it or not, I love cleaning and doing dishes and laundry and stuff. That actually distresses <laughs> me, so... I'm very domestic, and um, so those kind of things I, I actually enjoy doing, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, that, that is awesome, because now you just also helped me out another way, because I get so many people asking me, what is that? Like, how is she? I know her books is freaky. Is she freaky? Is she this and that? I'm like, wait, look. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you write here and ask her? Well, I promise if I ever got a chance to address to, to in a public forum, I would do it. Because I, oh, I okay. myself I get those questions, you know, because, you know, people relate what you write to. That's how you, who you are. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If you only knew. My thing I saw said, you think Stephen King is actually around here conjuring up demons and killing people with monsters and this and that? Said, Come on. Why can't a erotica writer get the same kind of past? Like, it's, it's just a persona. This is, you know, so give it a break. But, yeah, I, but now that I know that you do normal things, just like uh, Yeah, I do normal things. I'm a, I'm a one-man woman, so I'm not out <laughs> running around with my different men and all that kind of stuff. You know, one is enough for me. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know. I'm, I'm actually happily divorced now, quite honestly. But I oh, actually, right my ex-husband and I have known each other since I was 10 years old. So, um, oh, okay. you know. 
Uh, but, you know, married, domesticated women can be sexual as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. Actually, it can be hot as you I'm just saying. Yeah. That's how they stay married, and that's how they make their men happy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Ah, uh, uh, here, 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 here. <laughs> and yes. I was going to say, this is me. I'm sorry. That was you that said she was like a librarian, <laughs> wasn't it? Well, no, hey, don't get it twisted now. I don't say, I, I didn't say library in a negative way. I've been no, in you a said way a of, sexy librarian. Oh, well, no, I look like, you know, I, and it's so funny because people say I look like a Sunday school teacher or a PTA mother or a soccer mom or all that. And the reality is that been all of those. Like last year I was Cub Scout leader. But I've been PTA president. <laughs> I've been head of the young adult missionaries at the church. I've done all of that. Uh, so to me, I mean, people see me for exactly what I am. I've been the T-ball coach to my son. Do play all sports. All my daughter too. My kids play sports. You know, so I'm there with the juice boxes at the uh, little league game. You <laughs> know, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm all of those things. So. <laughs> yeah, for the yeah for the record, when I did see her, she did not have all stilettos or fish fishnets or none of that. She nope. was very appropriate, very gracious. It was it was a real deal. <laughs> Just want to leave that out there for the record. <laughs> and when are you coming back to the West Coast, there, lady? Oh, well, you know, I'm back and forth to the West Coast a lot, but normally, normally in LA. <laughs> I just got. I was oh, okay. in LA the whole time I was shooting, but we shot in LA and we shot in Miami. So I'm actually in Los oh. Angeles quite a bit. Now you ever think you can squeeze your way up to the north? I got a million people asking me, "When's she coming back? When can we meet her?" Blah 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 blah. So I thought I'll I would throw it out there for them. And ask when can you get back to Northern California, and so I can uh, go ahead and take care of their request. Either I'll try my day, best. So. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. I appreciate okay, it. thank you. And I, all right. Well, like I said, I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold up all the time here. I just I'm just glad that Miss Mocha allowed me to come here and and tell you things that's been on my mind and wants to do it in the public forum and get get my butt back in here to writing. Oh, you know what? There's one thing I did want to ask you that I think myself. Do you consider a writer writes 24 hours a day? That's something I I, I feel myself, even mentally. You're not physically writing on paper or, or typing for me, yes. in your head. For me, I do. My imagination, my imagination is always going. I'm always um, constructing things in my mind. So I'm definitely a 24-hour Writer, no doubt about that. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to feel like I was more time thinking mind. about writing than I do actually writing. I I really construct things out in my head first, and then I actually sit down after a period of time and just knock it out, whatever it is. Well, okay. Oh, oh one of the things came to me. Do you write? Uh, do you just have to like? Do you get inspired? Do you have to write down an idea, or do you just? Or they just come to you in here and just happen to stay there. Do you find yourself using voice recorders, or do you just naturally just catalog it away in your own, in your mind for later use? You know, honestly, for me, I, I spend a lot of time creating my characters, and then my characters kind of live out a story. Once I start writing, it just comes out, you know, and I think something's funny, so I'll put it there. 
some will come to me and I'll just put it there. And, um, you know, so I just go with the flow. Sometimes now with scripts, I outline my scripts. I do a season overview, break it down by episode, mm-hmm. and then when I get ready to do each episode in order, I do write out most of my uh, scripts have anywhere from 18 to 22 scenes. So I do do that, but oh. that's only because NetPie, in that case, has to be worried about a page count and a time limit. Right. Um, so like the show right. I just did, actually most of my episodes, even though the page count was okay, most of the episodes mm-hmm. ran over about three minutes. So I had to end up cutting out some stuff, editing some stuff out to get it down to a 30-minute oh. show. So I had to be more oh, cognizant wow. of stuff then. And also the locations and stuff. When you're writing a book, you can have people sitting on top of the Eiffel Tower for all you want, flying through space. Right, you know, right. All that kind of stuff. But when you're writing scripts, you know, you have to be realistic about the locations and what's feasible. You know, you can't write right. something like one of the scenes. I think the most extras I had on this show one day was like 100 extras. Because, you know, I can't write anything in there where you need a 1,000 people standing around, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Do you write screenplays as well? Convert the novel to screenplays. Do you have you got into that the um, part of writing? Or, yes, or I write screenplays. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like screenplays. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I sure do. You, uh... <laughs> I'm actually writing three <laughs> screenplays right now. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome, awesome! But I should need to talk to you offline when you when when you have some time. I gotta. Couple of things to ask you about, talk to you about, but yeah, yeah. I'll, well, you know where to find I'll, me. I'll, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yes indeed. Yeah, well, shoot. I guess I don't. I don't know how much you know time I have here. I don't want to hog it all up because I can keep going. I got. I got so many, <laughs> so many things in my well, head right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you ever get the? Well, I'll, I'll. I'll talk to you about it later. We, we appreciate it. Okay. So, <laughs> no, we do. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like I said, for me, this is, this is, hello? Yeah, we listen. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought I was okay. Yeah, you're making, you're making it sound like you can't call me any time. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not trying to go there. I'm, I'm not trying to go there. But, uh, <laughs> I'm in the office every day from 9 to 5. You know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as we can't call it any time, so, no, I'm just waiting. Uh, well, I, well, I, well, that's what it was. <laughs> I just feel like all the rest of the, I, I guess, to be honest, feel like I'm starstruck like everybody else. It's like I'm still, it still amazes me when I hear your, your screenplays, your, your your cable and whatnot. And, you know, I believe in shooting high. And when I watch you, it, it, it inspired me to, to try to step up another notch. So, yeah, I'm, I'm walking around, <laughs> matter of fact, pacing in front of my favorite coffee house outside right now. That's my laptop inside everything. And so I don't have to disrupt everybody in there trying to do what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is great. A lot of great information for I think a lot of other yes, people yes. I told about the show to get them to get a chance to get some insight into what it takes to be an author. Because me, you know, I get approached all the time about how do I get started, what I need to do, what kind of dedication it takes. You and, and I tell people a lot of people that you know I think discipline is. One of the biggest things you have to have to uh, come with when you get ready to start writing. That's one of the. Oh, you have to be very disciplined. Uh, yeah, because I uh, 
I, I treat it like you're on, a, on an island by yourself. If the computer is sitting there, and nobody gonna write it but you. So that's that's, that's what I was like saying earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Between you and your computer. So, so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 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 really glad to get all this confirmed, even for myself, because I'm thinking, but I like to you know, defer to experience and and uh, the successful people to let you know that yeah, this that's the path you want to be on. And, and also, what do you what do you think about the the the, the future for well, I don't want to say the future. I say the the state of authors neglecting to do editing and just pushing the books out there and having to deal with the stigma of okay, this is a self published author. It's and it just happened to be an African American author. The book is crap, and that's gonna make this gonna make a lot of other authors look bad. Do you think that that is? Uh, going to start going away now. That there's going to be a. You, you sense that the readers are looking for more quality now instead of just a, a book with some bling bling and girls and cars and whatnot. Hmm. I think the readers should be looking for that. I think that the authors themselves should be concerned about what kind of work that they're putting out. And I can tell you, as a publisher, that is the main cause for rejection for all the submissions that we get is people who send us stuff where they clearly have not even made an effort to edit it themselves. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect, but when somebody sends right. you something, it's obvious that they didn't even bother to write, run a spell check on their own work. That tells me a lot about how serious they are about writing. I don't take them seriously, to be honest with you. Um, plus, you know, publishing a book is a lot of work as it is. You have to pay to have a book edited three or four times. I mean, some of the books, you know, have to be edited over and over again, and that's ridiculous because the authors need to, you know, put some type of effort into their own book. I mean, the editor's job is not to rewrite their book. The editor's job is to catch, you know, little things and to tweak them and just double-check the stuff. And even with that, the Internet is so easy right now. I mean, we get booked in with people who misspell proper names and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff where it, it takes them five seconds on the Internet to look that up. You know, so right, it shows right. a lack of pride. And if a person doesn't do that with their books before they send it to me, I don't expect them to really get out and even promote their books. Or expect, if they don't take themselves seriously, I don't know why they expect me to take them seriously or anybody else to take them seriously. So that is, I actually, when we get submissions, if I get to the third page and I see a certain amount of errors, that's it. I don't read another word. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. So, Zane, well, yeah. mm-hmm. so what, what does it take to get a book published by you? What is the process for those of our listeners who are, are currently writing a book or have written a book and they're trying to get their product out there? What does it actually take? for them to come through you and your publishing company? Well, they need to query us. They need to send a query letter, a detailed synopsis, and three sample chapters to Charmaine Parker, who's the publishing director, and it's Straybor Books, S-T-R-E-B-O-R Books, P.O. Box 6505, Largo, L-A-R-G-O, Maryland, 20792. And they need to make sure they listen to what I just said. <laughs> All right. So it pays to to make sure you have your book edited, obviously. Obviously. Mhm. 
Okay. Yeah, and also my biggest pet peeve, I mean, one other thing for me, because I look for character development. I'm very big on character development. And I did an um, interview with a paper recently, and I was talking about that. You know, people think that they can just write about two people or people doing stuff. And um, even if it's an interesting scenario, unless people care about your characters, they're not going to care when they do anything or mm-hmm. anything happens to them or if they make love. Nobody cares because <laughs> they they, they're not vested into those particular characters. You have to get people engaged in your characters. I and mean, if you don't do that, if they can't relate to the characters, then, I mean, what's the point, really? Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I just wanted to ask you, you said if you don't have, if you're not captured in the first three pages, then you close the book. Or if you see a lot of errors, then you close the book. So when we come back, maybe you can tell the listeners what it is that you expect to see or what should be in those first three pages to grab your audience. So we'll catch that on the other side break, okay? Okay. Okay. evening and we are back um tonight our um guest is zane best author publisher um awesome writer passionate passionate writer and we're going to uh we have one more question and then we're going to conclude the interview see what was your question I was just asking, she was saying by the third page, if she sees a lot of errors and she, she, you know, closes the book. And I was saying for our, our listeners who are aspiring authors um, who have already written a book, maybe haven't gotten to, are sending it to a publisher, what is it that you expect to see within those first three pages to make it a great, great work of art? Well, a lot of people have great ideas for books and 
that kind of stuff, but everybody can't write. And what I mean by that, um, and going back to Stephen King's book on writing that I, sorry, sorry, mommy yarn kicking in. Um, Stephen King's book on writing that I suggest that everyone should read is um, when he says that, that everybody simply can't write. Just like on American Idol, a lot of those people that people laugh at when they are auditioning really they do believe in their minds that they can sing, but they just can't sing. It's the same thing with writing. Um, I look for a certain, almost like a poetic type of writing um, style that just really engages the reader immediately, something that I don't want to put down because I want to know what's going to happen next. And it's kind of like when you go, when you look at a movie, um, if you go to a movie theater and pay your money, they can take more liberties at a movie theater and take longer for the movie to really get into whatever it's about or for something crazy to happen or whatever. When you're watching a movie on TV or a television show, they have to engage people right away or people are going to change the channel. It's the same thing with a book. <laughs> you know, if you don't engage your reader right away, they can walk away from it. You know, like in a movie theater, like if you go to a movie theater and pay your money to get in and get some popcorn and a soda and all that kind of stuff, 99.99% of the time you're going to stay in that entire movie because you have specifically come there for that reason and to see that movie. So even if it sucks, you're going to sit there and watch it, and at the end you're going to say, oh, this sucks. It's not like that with a book. <laughs> with a book, if somebody starts reading a book, and they don't get caught up in that book immediately, they're going to put it down. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing that a writer needs to want to do. So I look for something that completely, you know, engages the reader right away. And even with some of my authors that I do publish, sometimes I'll tell them to go back and rewrite their first chapter. Tell them wow. that they, I did that recently with a particular book. I told mm-hmm. someone, one of my authors, that he needed to go back and do something about the beginning of the book because even though it was a really good book, and I mean, how many times have you heard somebody tell you, oh, such and such is a really good book, but you tried to read it like the first or second chapter, you couldn't get into it, so you put it down. But then you kept hearing other people say, oh, it's a good book, it's a good book. And you go back and you read it. When you get into it, it is a really good book. It's an excellent book. But you originally put it down because you couldn't get into it. So that's what I really look for. Sounds good. Well, there you guys have it, straight from the horse's mouth. I'm telling you, it has been such an honor to have yes. you on the show. Um, we have learned so much, so much more about you um, than I could have possibly known. I appreciate that, and I must confess, I probably have been one of the ones that always associates your name with with the Sex Chronicles and and everything. So, you know, I've mm-hmm. learned so much more about you, and I hope that it's been a similar experience with our listeners. Um, again, mm-hmm. just for me, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. We cannot wait to see what you have coming up next because whatever you put your hand on turns to gold. So I wish you great success in, in the future, and Black Writers Space will definitely continue to watch and be to support anything you do. Yes, Thank we you will. very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. It, we, we really, um, it really is. And when we say it's an honor, I really mean that from the heart. It is really an honor um, to have you. If I couldn't have any other author, publisher on my show, I would have wanted to have you. So um, 
we've enjoyed the interview. Um, the information was very, very, very much needed um, and appreciated. I, I'm sitting here. I, I took some notes for myself because I'm a writer <laughs> and I'm a procrastinator at the same time, and I have this book I've been sitting on, so I've really learned some um, great key points that will um, get me together and structured and uh, disciplined to finish my project. Oh, okay, good. So, um, okay, thank you. Mario, did you have anything? No, I just want to say thank you uh, for the, the taking the time out and letting the listeners know that everything is not about sex and that it's more to you than just sex and those chronicles and that you got a lot of great things going on and we wish you the best. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Where you go? You give us. I'm sorry, Mario. You. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm, no. Okay. I just want to say that. Just you know, my my gratitude and and know that you're a very humble person. And Black Writer Space is a humble uh, radio show, magazine, all the things we got going on. We are very humble, and we just want to show gratitude. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. We'll um, also continue to uh, follow your projects, any events that you may have coming up so that uh, we may get the chance to maybe interview you in person or just get to meet you in person. But um, can you give our listeners your websites? I, I did see um, your your bio on the main publisher page, but I know you have another mm-hmm. site that's like a networking site, kind of like, what is that? It's yes, planetzane.org. Planet, that's it. That's I it. do have my own social network. It's called PlanetZine.org. Okay. Where people can find me on Facebook. Okay. Um, you know, they just type in Zane. I'm the first one that comes up. <laughs> um, and uh, my main website is still EroticaNoir.com. Okay. That's it. That's what I needed. <laughs> Um again and you um it's been a blessing having you here today and um you enjoy the rest of your evening and we look to having you back in the near future. Okay, thank you. Not a problem. Okay, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
We are back, and I just want to say that um, I really enjoyed the show tonight. I knew it would be a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew she would be a great guest. And I, Wow, it was more information than I had even imagined uh, we would get. It, it always helps. I know Curtis has said something about, um, he said a lot, but he said, um, it was something that he said, but it's always like that with your mentor. Whoever your mentor is or who you, you get your inspiration from, that's, that's always above you, but you look to them for direction, you look to them for advice, you look to them for um, structure and everything else and success. It's always like that. You always wonder, like, what do, because even with my mentor, with my photography, that's how I see him. And I'm always looking to see, well, how do you do this? And how do you, even, you know, when I have challenges, well, what do you do if this happens? And what are some of the things that I experience? He doesn't even encounter stuff like that. But it's still good to always um, have that person that you can look to to give you a different, um, to give you a different um, view of things, to, to you know, just to be there, and it really, really helps. It's really a blessing to have someone that can be um, that that mentor, that inspiration, that um, goal to just push you towards that goal. And of course, your mentor always wants you to move forward past them. That's the, always their goal. I want you to go beyond where I'm, you know, where I'm at. So that's really, I, I think that was the. Um, my ultimate meat of the show for me was that uh, was when he called in and it's like, oh wow, and you know he has so many questions and so many. And although he can contact her, he probably can contact her anytime he wants to. But it's just like you just get so excited, mm-hmm. and um, I just I could relate to that. I just want to say that, but I enjoyed everything. Um, you know what else was awesome was that. The, the level of respect he had for her, even though he could contact right. her any time. He right. still had such a level of respect for her that, you know, he didn't even abuse that. So he was really, you know, he was still excited. He still respect who she was and what she does. And I'm telling you, it was a great interview, great catch, Tiffany. Um, it was just awesome. I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I look at her in a whole new light. I see the sexy librarian, the advocate, you know, the the peacemaker, the the author, the writer, the publisher. I see her in a whole new light now. 
and that's what you really want to do. That's what this show is all about. That's what interviewing is all about, to always walk away and take something away from it. And so I hope that that extends to our listeners, and I hope that it rings true and um, in, a, in a good light with her as well. Yes, and I really love what she said about um, not to be focused. And I think Curtis said the same thing in his interview. There's too many people out here that think of writing as a scapegoat, you know, where all i got to do is write a book and I could become rich. No, it has to be a passion. You should want to do what you love to do. I love to write. I'm not sure if I would want to write full-time because I do so many other things, but ultimately – before photography, before anything else, before the Internet, writing was my thing. I have a million notebooks. I don't have as many books as she has, but um, it's getting there. But I have a million notebooks. I mean, just different. When I started stories here, I remember I was writing this. At one point, I was taking my notebook to work with me every day, and I was writing every day. Whatever was going on with me at the time, it's in that notebook, you mm. know. And I always, um, and, it's just, and I was writing on working on this same book, the same book I keep talking about. But it's just it, it has to be a passion is what I'm saying. And um worried about being published and um with, with somebody big and getting a contract, that's the least. That should be way in the back of your head. That should be the, the icing on the cake for you. That should not be your focus. So for those writers who are focused just on that, you can hang it up. Hang it up because it's not going to work. You're not going to be successful. Um, it's not going to work. It's the wrong focus. You have to remain focused and um, focus on your passion, what your passion is. is. Find out what you like. Find out what um, what you like to do. What do you want to spend the rest of your life doing? And I love what she said. She said, I have no plans on stop writing, to stop writing. None. That's right. just awesome. So anyhow, um I like I like the, the three pages for success. <laughs> if it's not in those first three pages, then you get right. you gotta get the meat and potatoes and grab your audience. And I I love that because a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to get to the point, you know, get them in, pull them in. And so that's something that a lot of people can use to evaluate the work that they already have, and then use it as a future writing tool to make sure that they have it in the next book or poem or whatever it is they're doing. They have that meat and potatoes right there to grab your audience. Right, right. So with all of that, Mario? Is Mario <laughs> yeah, there? I'm here. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm Don't here. be over there, Salim. Look. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just letting y'all do y'all thing. Y'all Yo. all excited. Okay. Y'all, y'all, the- y'all talk to y'all talk to somebody famous. Now y'all know how to act. Y'all uh-uh. um, y'all want to get y'all want to get the head done on me. I mean, what's going on? Uh-uh. I mean, I just I just love the fact that you know the perception that many people have of a person because of certain things that they do write or assume that they're writing about. You know, it's not really that. You know what I mean? Because she kept saying that it's not really about that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why you need to research everything you do in this world because you never know what the outcome of that person or that situation may be. So, for the listeners that are still listening, you know, research the person. You know, when you look at a book or a video or whatever you you like to do, 
research it because it may not be what you really think it is. Right. You know, so he's great. You know what you mean? Like, say it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, she, she, to me, like she said, I'm a regular person. You know, I, I'm gonna read, read a book, watch TV. You know, go hang out with who she hang out with, all the things that normal people do in this world. You know, but right. you assume that oh, she, she, she on Beverly Rodale Drive somewhere, bad, uh, I'm burning all day. Yeah, you know, she's a, she's a, you <laughs> crazy. She just chilling. She, you know, you heard it yarn it. She's like, oh. Oh, yep, I'm tired. Yep. I mean, oh, right. <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah, I saw you on the weather. Like, yeah, you're right, man. I'm tired too. Right. Finish, you know what I mean? So, it is what it is. You know, I, I respect everybody that comes on the show. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm just nonchalant. I feel, and I'm grateful. Like I said, she show gratitude because she don't have to do it. She didn't have to come Absolutely. on the show. She didn't have to, Absolutely. she didn't have to oh. tell us nothing about her life. But she did. No. Well, she could have. She could have given us a time limit, or, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, the time limit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, it was truly a blessing. I thank God for her, um, coming on the show. She, she never heard of Black Writer Space, so you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she came mm-hmm. on and treated us just like we was WGCI. So um, I appreciate that. I appreciate our listeners too, and and tuning in, and I see some of the same phone numbers up here. So um, I'll let you guys know that um, I'm watching you, and I appreciate you. Every time you dial this number and you take, I don't care if it's three minutes that you listen in, I appreciate that, and I see you, and I'm watching you, and um, you definitely. Um, have our support as well as you support as as much as you support us, we support you also. Well, don't everybody see it one time. Um, anyhow, he got disconnected. Anyhow, um, I do want to give out our links, like I always do. Uh, feel free to contact us uh, via email, blackwriterspace with two s's at gmail dot com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show. Um, we are going to be wrapping up our first issue of the magazine. So um, if you are interested in advertising in the magazine, if you're interested in advertising on our radio show, feel free to email us for rates. You can um, also contact us on Facebook. You can contact us on Twitter. Uh, You can check out our blog site and follow our blog for updates. For this show, it is blackwriterspace with two s's dot blogspot dot com. Also, I have uh, started a new um, extension of blackwriterspace. I have a, a group and a, a fan page on Facebook called "I Love Urban Lit." So, and that's just kind of like a. Um, it's a, I did the like page, but it's it's just kind of like a forum, if you would call it to support urban literature. Um, And I think that a lot of times um, urban lit is looked at as like such a dirty, disgusting thing, but it's really not. It's really, uh, to me, um, stories of um, the streets, real life, real stories, real talk. So I've created um, a fan page and a, a group. Here's Dee, she's back. You're back with us. Uh-huh. 
the stupid song. Go ahead, I'm listening. You created a group. Yes, it's called I Love Urban Lit, and it's a fan page, and it's a, uh, I have a group on Facebook, and people have just been, like, constantly requesting to be added to the group today. I think I have – I just started it – I think I just started the group today. I have now 40 – last time I looked, it was 49 members. So what I did was I, I started the actual website to a social network called I Love Urban Literature, and what I'm going to do with that is going to evolve into a book club but it's going to be focused on urban fiction literature. So um, feel free to join us with that. It's free to join a social um, network, and that site is www.iloveurbanlit, spelled um, L-U-V, urbanlit, L-I-T, dot ning, dot com. I will be having an original um, domain for it soon. But right now, feel free to go to the link. It is on the, when you go to the group on Facebook, you can just search it and it'll come up. Um, the link is on the group. So you can really just click on the link and it'll take you straight to the um, website. I just started it, so I am still working on it and enhancing it and adding some little things to it. So it's not a complete, full, completed, completed with all the knickknacks. But um, feel free to join us on ground level. And um, help us build it. We're open to ideas and any suggestions you may have. So, um, again, we thank you and we appreciate you. Do you guys have anything else? Nope, I do not. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Again, great interview. You guys did an awesome job. And um, I can't wait to see what else is coming next. Well, I just want to. I just want to say good job to everybody. Thanks to all the listeners who listen in and just, you know, uh, tell everybody what we got going on because we can help each other with this mm-hmm. and and know that I have, I'm working on a children's book right now called Let's Go Out to Play. So it's a, it's a very challenging book because it's getting away from what I like to do, which is write poetry, but mm-hmm. I want to try something new and I love challenges and it's called Let's Go, Let's Go Out to Play. Uh, it's a children's book, and I'll be looking for that, as well as the other two books that I did write, and the magazines, the nonprofits, uh, the School of Creative Writing, uh, more great interviews. Black Writers Space got a lot of things going on, so tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell a cousin to tell a mother to tell a brother. Just tell the world that everybody writes something. Come talk to us. You know, we're trying to change the world of writing, and we need your, you guys' help to do that. So thank you, good night, and Monday we'll do it all over again. <laughs> and one more thing. With um, with with all that Mario just said, I just want to add that our ultimate goal is not to just, um, if you are a writer and you do have some projects you want to get out, and um, com- get completed and, and you know, uh, publishing a book. Or I'm even thinking about once I um, finish this, I have to finish my first book first. I already have, like, three or four books I want to do. But I have in mind of doing a short film and things like that. But our ultimate goal is to not just say, oh, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it, but to get you to the right people so it can be done correctly and professionally. That is the ultimate goal of Black Writer Space. So with all my research and everything that I did with self-publishing and just researching the field, I've been researching the field, the field of 
um, publishing and self-publishing since 2006. But with all of that, I've seen and heard a lot, and I've seen it done correctly, and I've seen it done incorrectly. And what she said about those first three pages, that's that's the meat of it right there. So, and with the errors and stuff, I had my daughter um, reading. She does some of my reviewing for me. And one book, she was just like, Mommy, I don't know what to say. I, I can't, there's nothing I can write. It's it's not right. It's too many errors in here. They took too long to get straight to the point, and she is an avid reader. Like, she can read a book in one day. So you do want to not just throw your projects out there um, carelessly trying to get them completed or trying to get the bling-bling, as we talked about earlier, but you want to make sure it's done correctly and accurately so that when someone like Zane gets your book in front of them, that they don't have to go over the same stuff with you. So anyhow, um, we're going to conclude tonight's show, and we will see you guys back on Monday. Remember, Monday is Relationship uh, uh, Day, and I have a crazy, crazy story. It is not me. It don't have nothing to do with me, (laughs) but I got... um, a crazy story. I'm waiting to hear back from the other party. It's two different people, it's two sisters. And it's a really crazy drama triangle. So anyhow, we'll see you guys at seven on Monday. Take care and God bless. Good night.
Bass. H-Town Boys. Kicking it with my boy Luke. For the 9-3, you know what I'm saying? Because we will be knocking the boots. G.I. Shazam Dino. They're going to do a little something for you real sexy like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, yo. Check the verse. When we make good love Listening to some Marvin Gaye All night long Now I want that old thing back Make these moments once again perfect So won't you, so won't you um, I do it for her, babe Good love and body rockin' Tired to the break of dawn, but all. 